guys, before we start the show today, I need to, I need to just address something that I'm sure is on all your minds. It's been okay. circling through the media, and it's, it's my ability to be successful in this organization as the host, the coach, the manager, and I just need your guys' honest opinion. Put it all on the table. Kieran, you're one of my oldest friends. Kieran, tell me, am I doing an okay job here as a host? If I'm being completely honest, please. it's, I just feel like you don't prepare for the show very well. I feel like you're, you no. show up sometimes, but. No, Kieran, Kieran, shut up, you're done. I'm releasing you from the show, you're fired. Jared, be honest with me. Yeah. We're good friends. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, uh, that's a great point. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like every week the show gets a little repetitive. We could bump up the creativity. Repetitive. You know what? You're, I don't need you. You're, you're done. I, you're fired. You're done. Michael, wh- these guys are crazy, right? Tell me. Uh, oh, you know, man to man, I just... Shut up, Mike. I'm tired of your shit, okay? You know, you're all done. It's over. It's over. I can run this shit by myself. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Welcome to Guys Me Dudes Fantasy Football. This is your host, Noah Obsfeld. And as always with me is my three, you know, guys, I think I'll just bring you back on the show. Congratulations, you're rehired. That was my uh, best Adam Gase impression. Thank you very much. I've taken uh, classic acting lessons for times like these. And uh, how was my impression? Was it just spot on? You can do a little more with the eyes, you know. <laughs> I was thinking. The eyes, I think, honestly. More with the eyes? Yeah. Like Okay. Well, I'll just that's pretty good. That's show. pretty good. Link, and then I'll really get I'll really get it right and how it's supposed to be. How are you guys doing? How's fantasy going? How's football going for you? Let me let me hear your vibes. Yeah, I'll start off. I mean, the injury bug has really not been hitting me hard, to be quite honest. I've lost one player, <laughs> and it's Austin Eckler, and it's that's about it. Everything else going smooth. Every week, Jared comes on the same. He's the one ship that's still afloat. You know, for me personally, I'm in three leagues, two of which I'm in with Noah. I've played Noah in both of those leagues already. So, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I survived A.J. Brown on Monday night. He tried to bring Noah back, but I prevailed. Yeah, I'm still still digging through through the mud a little bit, dealing with the old highest points – scored but highest points against type of deal which is always tough when you're the second highest scoring team on the week and you you somehow lose it so tell me about it man getting through those i know yeah um i'm in six leagues i think it's a it's a going great in about two of them and going the opposite of great in about four of them and uh i don't know we'll see I've gone 0 and 3. I've gone 0 and 4 before in one leagues, and, and that's just the mentality you need to keep with you through these tough times. But things are stabilizing. Let's get into some fantasy news. We started off the show making fun of Adam Gase because there's, you know, even though we all make fun of Adam Gase, everyone in the football community makes fun of him all the time. We don't do it enough. Okay? So just, you know, knock on a neighbor's door, call up your front buddy, and just make sure that Adam Gase is just the butt of all jokes. Um, and. So, yeah, Le'Veon Bell released. I mean, we've had drama here in the Jets organization with, with these uh, star players for years. 
Jamal Adams, I mean, Robbie Anderson, and Adam Gase seems to be at the fault of all these problems. But you know what? Trevor Lawrence is just that good. It's all been a plan the whole time. (laughs) Number one draft pick. Bring him to to New York. Uh, But anyways, let's talk about this Le'Veon Bell dropping. I don't really need to – I don't even think we need to talk about the impact in the Jets' backfield. If, you, if you're really, really desperate, go grab five points from Frank Gore. Otherwise, where do you guys think Le'Veon Bell will land and why? I've been – I own Le'Veon Bell in a couple of leagues, and I certainly don't know how to feel about this. I mean, the guaranteed production and the, or the guaranteed workload is gone, but at the same time, there was no upside there. And the hope is he finds somewhere with a little bit of upside, but – Looking at the running back market and given how many decent running backs have been able to sign, um, the teams that were really needy kind of filled a lot of those those holes. So the last place that I think he could really provide value is in Chicago. That's where I see kind of a good fit for him. They lost Tariq Cohen. They need a pass catcher. The offense needs a little bit of juice. And I think that the, na- the name alone will will provide that for them. I like that one. A couple teams I'm keeping my eye on. One that I think could really be a, a front runner would be the Dolphins, and that there's a lot of familiarity there. It's a young running back room. If, if Le'Veon Bell doesn't come in and take over Miles Gaskin, he could you know, be a mentor to Miles Gaskin. He's a very promising guy. I think they could work well together. And a team that I didn't really think of off the top of my head, but has been in the rumor mill with Le'Veon Bell is the Kansas City Chiefs. They've been in contact with him, and I personally – I don't know if I'm the Chiefs. I wouldn't go down this path, but, I mean, they've been constantly brought up with Le'Veon Bell. In fact, Le'Veon Bell and Patrick Mahomes are following each other on some social media. Ooh, spicy. It could be a thing, and it could potentially eat at Clyde Edwards-Alaire's value, but I wouldn't count out the Chiefs. You know, I think the thing that people are forgetting is Le'Veon Bell is not a – just plug and play guy. This is a guy that comes with a little bit of a baggage, a little bit of tough to work with in the organizations as we see these Steelers stars uh, tend to do. And, you know, I don't think that an organization like the Chiefs, even though you've heard some talk about it, is going to want something, someone like that shaking up a system that's just doing well. Uh, I think what Le'Veon Bell can contribute most to a team is a excellent three down back in a place that's lost uh, players and that's Chicago. And, you know, even though Chicago is not really a team that you look at and say, this is a, you know, a contender in terms of uh, he went to the jets. He's not really a guy necessarily looking for a playoff run or a super bowl. I mean, he's looking for some money. And I think that that's a place they lost to recon. I think he could slide in there uh, along with a, you know, a mediocre passing game besides, you know, one of the best players in the league, Anthony Miller, and just kind of slide in there and be the guy they kind of wanted David Montgomery to be almost. So, and that could even be a landing spot for him. So, you know, for a long term. So that's my thought, but honestly, it's anyone's guess. Yeah, I think uh, his upside is just, you know, like, I feel like at most it's nine to 10 fantasy points a game at this point. Like, I'm not confident in that at all. And he's probably going to go somewhere that also has another back. I think the real big fantasy news of this week, though, really destroying a lot of teams is Dak Prescott's very unfortunate. 
as Noah predicted, he would fin- he would leave as the QB one, and when he left the game, what can he I was say one? Well, through through his healthy weeks and probably up to the minute he got injured, he was the QB one. So that was in my bull predictions uh, segment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as a win. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys <laughs> defense was gonna get any better. Uh, uh-huh. So thank you guys so much for um, for your well wishes. There's a tiny little bright spot on on that, but yeah, terrible injury. He's gonna be out for the season. Um, obviously, has dynasty value, but besides that, it's gonna make a big impact on the team. We'll get into that later. Uh, no Thursday night football for this week. We are just, you know, these games just feel like they're in a in a ping pong or I don't know, just crazy bouncing around. So we got two Monday night football games, and um, these are some pretty good games. We got Chiefs Bills and Cardinals Cowboys. And that's gonna be a good night. Okay, I'm gonna. I might prep, prep a little bit of appetizers, prep a little beer too. We'll see how that goes. More big news. I mean, you know, it's just crazy. These coaches keep getting the the boot before Adam Gase, but Dan Quinn, a Super Bowl coach, <laughs> uh, fired from one of the uh, toughest teams to watch in the NFL right now, the Atlanta Falcons. Dan Quinn fired after a long stint with them. And this team, and especially the offense, and you know, what am I saying? The offense, both sides of the ball are in shambles. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you guys see? I mean, we don't really know. I mean, has it been named? Who's the interim coach? Anyways, what do you guys think yeah, of this offense going forward? I think, like, unlike the Texans, where there were a lot of questions because there's a completely new play caller and we don't know what kind of system they're going to run, I feel like the system the Falcons are going to be running is basically the same at least on offense. I don't really see any changes with uh, who's getting the ball more. I feel like it's still going to be the Ridley show. It's going to be Julio when he comes back at some point and, you know, Todd Gurley vulturing some touchdowns and that's about it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's not, it's pretty, it's a bleak outlook for them right now. The offensive line is so bad and the defense is so bad. So, I mean, you're going to start the guys you've been starting, Ridley, Julio. Todd Gurley's surprisingly been producing value, but we'll see if that's sustainable. I don't know if the coach is going to be uh, the end-all, be-all for one of these teams, but you might see one of those big weeks when the team rallies behind the new coach and mm-hmm. tries to make that the, the message of what's been happening wrong the whole season. But it's one of those things you can't predict. You kind of just have to, have to go status quo. Do you guys remember last year when we kept thinking that A.J. Green would be back? Oh, next week he's going to be back. Oh, okay, two more weeks he's going to be back. And then they just kind of had him in, in like, IR limbo the rest of the year. I have a hunch that's what's going to happen with Julio because this isn't a team that's going to to be coming for anything. They fired our coach. Uh, Our defense is terrible. And we have a – how old is Julio? 29, 30-year-old receiver who has hamstring issues. Mm -hmm. Why would we bring him back when we have Matt Ryan, who's still, you know, a Super Bowl? We've seen it, a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. It's possible. Young talent and Calvin Ridley, and a in a decent offense in in other in in other places. I do have I one big. I have one big difference between AJ Green's situation and Julio's situation. AJ Green was in a contract year and didn't want to come back and blow it all up. Versus Julio's locked up for a couple of years, and Julio's been a guy who's played through injuries his whole career I don't know if any interim coach has the power to say Julio you're not playing that guy wants to get on the field and he wants to play so but I mean I see where your hunch is coming from because he's just dealt with so many and they're not playing for anything but I wouldn't take any actionable fantasy moves 
with that hunch. I would take it on the fact that he's injured right now and you might need wins to manufacture wins. Don't mess with those hammies. Yeah, we will see about that. Speaking so, of hammies, <laughs> the next big news, Dalvin Cook goes down with a, a hammy issue. Uh, it looked like he was could have went in and played, and he played like a player or two, I think. But they just took him out, and Madison – he's already been ruled out for this week. Madison's going to be the lead back in Minnesota. So, obviously, if you have him, he is a running back one this week. Must start going forward if Dalvin Cook is out. Uh, other big news – or, excuse me, not a hammy, it was a groin. Other big news, Melvin Gordon, DUI. Last night, very unfortunate – situation uh that they have not announced if he's playing or not unfortunate <laughs> i mean it's just I unfortunate mean, that people yeah do kinds of things i guess yeah. yeah especially people that play for such a bad organization the denver donkeys oh, speaking yeah. of the donkeys being bad you know who's not bad the las vegas raiders sorry just had to put that in there. where is this coming from <laughs> all right Another issue with a player, Michael Thomas supposedly got in a fight with the teammate. So obviously Michael Thomas has been out for a couple of weeks. Now he has an issue on the field or off I mean, on the practice field. So it'll be interesting to monitor how Sean Payton handles with that. I feel like he's a no-nonsense coach. Could be interesting to see what happens with Michael Thomas. Yeah, some weird things happen in the NFL. And, and lastly, looks like Cam will be playing this week, Cam Newton for the Patriots. Let's move on. Today we're going to start off the show or whatever point in the show we are in right now with some trade talk, okay? Mm. So this is the point. We talked about it last week about the quarter season uh, crisis episode, but you need to start looking at your team and say, what do I need moving forward? Do I, do, can I afford to trade for a guy like Julio because I'm 4-1 and one and instant pretty atop the standings? Or, you know, am I going to give it all up for, you know, five weeks of Kareem Hunt as the RB1 of the NFL without Chubb. Figure out where you are. Make moves accordingly. You can follow us on Twitter, at DudesFootball. We'll give you some help there. So, guys, right now in your leagues, who are you trading for? Uh, Mike, who you got? Well, I am in a league where I'm 5-0 and and you're 1-4, and and you are a Julio owner. So, I mean, we could talk We could talk trade there. Awesome. Well, maybe I but online, so that stuff about Julio really is Dan. just a non-name brand who just <laughs> produces. And I know everyone on this show loves him. It's Jameson Crowder. He's the only wide receiver now. He's only played three games that has double-digit targets in every game. He has 29 catches on the year. Or I think that's a little high, maybe over 300 yards and two touchdowns in three games. Like he's he's a wide receiver too. You should be starting him if he is on your team. That is a guy that is just going to get a ton of volume. There's no one else in, in New York to catch the ball. I think Jamison Crowder is a guy that if you own Jamison Crowder, you probably don't value him as highly as you should. I think that's a guy you could go get. Yeah, I like that. For me, I'm targeting Jerry Judy right now. So Drew Locks looks like he's going to be back this week. The Broncos offense is obviously – we have Fan injured. We have Gordon out with DUI. But Jerry Judy is one of these, you know, is one of these amazing rookie wide receivers. We're seeing so many of them right now. And I think he comes through and has a really good uh, second half of the season. Cortland Sutton last year started off a little slow, came out booming in the second half of the season, and he's not there. They need a guy to step up. They're going to be behind in games. Jerry Judy is going to have a great second half of the season. 
My other guy I want to trade for right now is James White. James White, another really complicated beginning of the season. His father passed away, missed two games um, for that, came back and was the primary receiving back for the Patriots. And it looks like that he's going to be in that role going forward as well. We saw Rex Burkhead pop out. That's going to scare some people from James White. In our Dynasty League today, he was dropped. I went and scrolled to see if he was picked up. He was. I cried a single tear for James White. People don't believe in him. But he's going to come in. He's going to fill that PPR role. This is probably a PPR only uh, trade for because he's just such an edge in that scoring. But I really like James White going forward. A really stable PPR floor. I I see that being a stable stable source for points going through the season. My guy is a little bit higher up in the rankings. It's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. A lot of people – expected him to come out of the gates firing like he did in week one and just be a top five solid running back going throughout the season. And I think there is a decent probability that he will do that going forward, but he hasn't yet. The touchdowns haven't come his way. Last week, very mediocre week for him. If the owners of Clyde Edwards-Solaire are, you know, a little bit flustered, maybe haven't won the amount of games they, they need to be, in this, and they're in a, a wacky situation, and they're scared about Le'Veon Bell potentially joining the team, I think you can jump on that and get Clyde for, you know, less than his actual value. And I think he's one of those, you see it all the time where rookies come through in the second half of the year and really find their own. And I think he's one of those guys who Patrick Mahomes loves. He fits the system. It just takes a while for the fit to, to, for him to fit in because they had no preseason. So I think I would try and go out and get him wherever I could. Seven carries inside the five, no touchdowns this year for Clyde. Jeez. One of those regression stats. Let's get into some candidates you're looking to trade away. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah. I will – I feel like we've all been talking about we've waited for Todd Gurley to have his big game before trading him away. And he's had some decent games. And I feel like now is kind of your last chance to fully get rid of him because not only is the injury concern always there with Todd Gurley, but he's very touchdown dependent. And sometimes I feel like watching Brian Hill, he's the better back. In some ways, he's very explosive compared to Todd Gurley, who kind of just. I what do you want, Todd cool. Gurley or Antonio Gibson? Uh, Todd Gurley, just because the Washington <laughs> offense is so bad. <laughs> and okay, then uh, another quick one: Devonta Freeman. He had a very good game against the Cowboys. The Cowboys' defense is garbage, and they play the Cowboys again, but that's not till Week Seventeen which is not in your fantasy schedule. And the Giants do not have an easy schedule against for running backs going forward. So if you can pawn off Devonta Freeman now, now is the time. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh, my guys, I got two right here. First is Kenyon Drake. He, you know, we keep saying this guy's going to score. And even though Kenyon Drake is getting this volume, I'm all, I'm kind of scared. I mean, we don't know where Le'Veon's going to land, but I'm kind of scared he's going to land there because I have him in one league. I'm looking to trade him away. I'm even thinking about – what do you guys think about this one? Um, trading for David Montgomery. Uh, I think the Bears have had a tough schedule. They're opening up a little bit, have a great playoff schedule, and I'm worried about Drake. What do you guys think about that one? I love that. Loves it. I'd do that. Ooh, I think David Montgomery's going to be a stud in the second half of the year. Wow. Well – We'll see, we'll see where Le'Veon lands. My second guy I want to trade away is Le'Veon Bell, speak of the devil. We don't know where he's going. And if you can hype – if someone is 
oh, my God, where's Le'Veon Bell going to land? He's going to be just like he was on the Steelers. I think he's a great trade-away candidate. He's had a few years in a weird place. He's not going to be the same guy immediately. Uh, he's going to take time to learn the system, et cetera. We don't really know, you know, if he's the same guy anymore age-wise or health-wise. Uh, and it's just too much risk there. So if you can get that name value and the, you know, what if jackpot potential for a trade, how about can I ask this one? Who do you guys want more rest of the season right now without knowing where Le'Veon Bell is? Not Le'Veon. Anybody but Le'Veon. Between my two trade candidates, Le'Veon Bell or Kenyon Drake? Drake. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. Okay. Sometimes they ask you guys questions just to make sure you <laughs> I don't have to I don't have to Le'Veon Bell you from the show. Okay. Uh, excellent. Let's oh wait, Mike, you got one more for us. Yeah, and it might, may surprise a few people here. James Robinson, and it's a guy that I love. I love watching him play football. He's a really good running back. He looks good out there. Unfortunately, as much as we don't like to talk about it, fantasy football is a very game script-driven sport. And James Robinson has a – or the Jags in general have a very brutal second half of the schedule. It includes the Steelers, the Ravens, the Bears, the Colts again, who will definitely be better when the Jags play them again. And Jay Gruden said he wants James Robinson to get more second-half carries, but if the Jags are down 10-plus points, they're not just going to feed James Robinson. They haven't. In the games that they've been blown out, he's had 11 and 13 carries. So I just think James Robinson, he's a great story. If you have him, chances are you have decent running backs and you can afford trading him away. I think he's a guy that may not – he may disappoint in the playoffs because he plays the Ravens, the Bears, the Colts the Browns, the Steelers. It's a very tough second half schedule where the Jags are going to be throwing the ball, throwing the ball, and they, they throw it well. And Jay Gruden likes to throw the ball. So I think James Robinson could be a bit of a disappointment in the, in the second half of the year. Yeah, interesting. And, I mean, that's going to be a tough one because he's an RB1, clearly, but it's going to be tough to get value for him with the name. So we'll see how that goes. Let's get into week six football. Starting off with the Czech Texans, the Texans, Texans versus the Titans. And originally, guys, the intro was going to be about my guy, Brandon Cooks. And then I got the, the they all said, no, you can't. But I was going to talk about all the things that Brandon Cooks was making in the kitchen and how it just smelled so good. And this has been another roller coaster <laughs> pick for Noah. I mean, what? 12 targets, eight catches, 161 yards, and a touchdown? What do you guys think? I mean, I love his value going forward, obviously. This is music my ears. Is he legit? Brandon Cooks is taking a book out of none other than Will Fuller's playbook. He's literally <laughs> saying, man, I'm in the same locker room with you. I'm going to take a couple of your tricks, going zero points on three targets last week, and then going mm. 12 targets, eight catches, 161 in a tud. It's like, I, it's only in this offense that, that I feel like that type of explosion happens um, to – you know, a fantasy asset that's somewhat – like someone who's actually talented, not one of those players just booms out of nowhere. So, I mean, that's exactly who it reminded me of. And I think it – I don't know what to make of it, but I think both of them, they're one of those where if you believe in it, you got to play it, and you're going to get your booms, and you're going to get your busts. Yeah. <laughs> Four letters, Jags. The Jags will make anyone look good. I get Brandon Cooks. He's very talented. He will have games like these. He's a Michael Gallup that has a lower floor and potentially even higher, higher ceiling. He'll have games like this, but – it's the Jags. They, they'll make anyone look good. I like that comparison. The only thing that is a rede- that is redeeming is this is the first game without Bill O'Brien, mm-hmm. and it should be a clear picture of the offense going forward. So I do agree with you guys. I don't think he's like a stable – I would say he's probably a low-end, mid-wide receiver three right now. Um, 
But you know, I, I like him going forward. On the other side of the ball, A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown, back in action after so many weeks of being out. Oh, my God, that was stressful. Had this incredible, incredible first half. On the first – I think the first Titans play of the game was just Literally. an easy drop in the, into, the, into A.J. Brown's bread box, and he, he scored. And Tannehill looking like uh, – I, I mean, a, a high-end QB1. I mean, that offense is chugging. And it proves once and for all, you don't need to practice. I mean, just give the rest of you COVID. Let's hear just it, Mike. rest all your hey. boys. You know, since he's taken over, he literally has the best quarterback rating in the NFL, higher than Patrick Mahomes. And I just – I always like – Mike, let's hear it. Year, when I said he was better than Kirk Cousins, who was like the most average quarterback, and Noah dropped <laughs> F-bombs over me. I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill than Kirk Mike, tell us how you really feel, man. I just did. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, Tannehill looks like a, a great value right now. I was a little confused in the beginning of the season why he wasn't even being drafted. And here we are, looking like a QB1. Awesome. Derrick Henry, good at football. <laughs> yeah. it's pretty, we can pretty much. How much we said. I think if Corey Davis misses more time, Johnny and A.J. Brown are going to be studs still. A matchup. I think maybe interesting this week. The Eagles played the Steelers tough last week. Now they get the Ravens, I guess, the supposed kings of the AFC North. And I feel like the biggest storyline out of the Ravens this year has been Lamar hasn't continued his growth last year as a passer. He looked really improved last year as a passer. This year, not so much. He's been very inconsistent. He's missed Hollywood numerous times on expected touchdowns, which I guess when you drafted Hollywood, you expected that to happen. Probably not as much as it has. Although Marquise did score, it was towards the goal line in a goal line situation this week. But I think Lamar Jackson's ceiling may not be as high as it was last year if he doesn't figure out how to pass. Because he had games where he threw three, four, five touchdown passes in the air. A lot of his points were coming through the air. So something interesting to monitor. Um, on the Eagles side of the ball, Travis Folga. Woo! <laughs> Legit. I mean, he had 13 targets. He had 10 catches, over 150 yards and a touchdown. Two weeks in a row, he's actually looked pretty good. And he's probably going to be one of the first guys taken on the waiver wire, him and Chase Claypool. Um, I mean, if all those guys are still hurt, you know, I think you could start him if, you have, if your wide receiver core is banged up. Because Zach Ertz looks terrible. Like he's not even there. We clowned about him last week. He had four catches for nine yards two weeks ago. <laughs> this week, on six targets, one catch for six yards. He just – he looks bad. And then Carson Wentz, he at times has looked really bad. He's made very bad mistakes, but he's been somewhat of a stable quarterback. He's put up close to 20 points a game over this year. So, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'd be rushing to start him this week against the Ravens, but if they're down, they're going to have to throw the ball. He's been somewhat competent. Yeah, I mean, Zach Ertz was someone I was going to touch on earlier. He looks bad. Wentz doesn't look very good throwing the ball at all mm-hmm. either. And these were in game scripts where they're coming from behind and they're losing and they need, they need to throw. And Zach Ertz still isn't getting open. So it's one of those guys where yeah. three years ago, Kieran, who wasn't as invested in fantasy football, would have seen Zach Ertz. Like, say this week he goes out for 60 yards and two touchdowns randomly. But, the, but the, you know, the skill set and what you see on the screen doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Three years ago, I would have been like, oh, I'm going to trade low for him. So I advised you guys as fantasy players out there who are listening to a fantasy football show, you probably know better. If he has a blow up week, I'm hopping on and trading him as hard as I can anywhere I can try and, you know, get a different tight end, which 
probably isn't as likely or try and get one of those running backs for depth because I feel like that's more likely. And even if you can get Dallas Goddard off the waiver wires, I think he mm-hmm. could probably fill the void and even perform better going forward. Yeah. 100% agree there. I agree. All right. Moving on Falcons versus Vikings. Uh, Matt Ryan. I mean, we touched on the Falcons earlier. Matt Ryan does not look very good. Can I leave during this segment? I don't want to hear about the Falcons anymore ever again. They've they just ruined me. One quick thing, Hayden Hurst. He had six targets, but at this point, he's probably droppable moving forward, especially if you're in a 10-team, probably yeah. if you're in a 12-team. There's a lot of better upside out there. Uh, the Vikings, I think the main story with the Vikings, besides Dalvin Cook going down, is Justin Jefferson doesn't have that big of a game. Uh, obviously, you still want to have him, but Adam Thielen is 100% the guy there. 13 targets this past week, 90 yards. Keeps scoring touchdowns. You love to see it. Hope he can stay healthy. Uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins is still not that good, but, you know, they looked better, I guess. It is the Seahawks defense, so. Anybody? I was just waiting. I was waiting for the Vikings to take that play-action deep shot to Justin Jefferson, and they just didn't do it. Didn't do it. He'll have better days in the future. You know, I, I may honestly disagree with that Hayden Hurst in that, I think he's worth holding on to because the Falcons have been targeting him relatively deep down the field too. I think he could become a bigger part of that offense in the second half of the year. And while tight end has a bunch of guys that you can just plug and play and get like five to six points or seven points, it's, it's not as deep as we expected. Um, there's that just middle tier of just a bunch of guys that are there that haven't really been consistently performing. And I think Aiden Hurst could potentially break out at some point. But if it's a shallow league, like a 10-team league, I think you can definitely move on. I mean, even in this game this week, Matt Ryan missed him wide open down on the yeah. seam for a 30-yard touchdown. That would have won me my fantasy week. But also, <laughs> it's just like in this tight end landscape, a three for 40 and a touchdown is a great week. That's, you know, 11 yeah. and a half points. So, you know, that's the thing with some of these guys. You kind of got to go with what you think talent-wise. If you believe that the Falcons are going to turn it around and become that passing offense they've been, then he's going to be relevant. It's just a matter of if you believe this offense is going to turn around. And right now I don't see the signs from previous years that that's actually going to really happen. Yeah. I mean, with Julio out too, I mean, that's more targets for, for Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst. So who knows? What do you guys think about the quarterback situations here between Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan? Who would you start in this situation? Is it an easy Kirk Cousins or do you think, you know, Matt Ryan's got that, the weapons? What do you guys think? Easy Kirk. Kurt, I think yeah. both. I'm going Matt Ryan. What? I don't think either. Knock that on the wall. What do you mean, man? Neither of these defenses are good at all. And you saw what Alexander Madison can do. Todd Gurley's not going to replicate that. So the Falcons are going to have to throw to stay in this game. Oh, it doesn't make my life easy. That was a totally selfish question. But let's move on. Uh, we're looking at the Browns and the Steelers this week. Um, this is a battle. Ooh. I think more importantly than the football game is a battle of Miles Garrett playing against the Steelers oh again after <laughs> ending his season last year. So we'll see if there's some, some flames on the football field. I'm excited to watch this one. And the Browns look like a different team this year. Not to say that they're some sort of playoff contender or some sort of Super Bowl contender, but they look good and they're going to want to come out and prove it with Kareem Hunt. 20 carries last week, looks Um, mm -hmm. electric, looks really good. That catch he had in the end zone looked like he was floating. He's just a a supremely talented player. And then we kind of get to see, you know, the ramifications of last week's Chase Claypool's four-touchdown performance. 
Yeah, I think a lot. Can we of get a little bit into go that? Heavy chasing. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. I think a lot of people are going to go heavy chasing those points. And what are you guys' thoughts on? You know, De- uh, Deontay Johnson was knocked out of the game early. Yeah. Juju's still there. James Connors there. Er- Ebron's there. What do you guys think about? And James Washington had more routes run than okay. Claypool did last week. So, so you can't score four touchdowns in a game on accident. That's the first thing I got to say. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. we've seen these huge one and done games. Claypool's a rookie. He's not a no name. You know, and I think what this this says more than anything is because you're gonna get your Deontay Johnson weeks. Your, I think Juju's gonna be the guy, the middle of the pack guy. Claypool's gonna have another two big weeks. Deontay Johnson have another two big weeks. But I think the main thing this is is that Ben Roethlisberger is gonna be a nice QB one going forward. He has more serious weapons in this offense than we realized. James Conner is great out of the backfield. Benny Snell stepping up. I think that the Pittsburgh offense and more importantly. The defense isn't looking as good as we thought. We thought this was that number one shutdown defense. We just saw Carson Wentz and let me check my notes. Travis Fulgham uh, go off against the Steelers. I mean, what did they score? Like 38? It was crazy. So I love Ben Roethlisberger going forward. Claypool, got to be rostered. Uh, If you're doing fab, I think 25 is that too much? 25% of your remaining budget. Uh, and I think Claypool is going to be a legit, a legit guy. Um, I think I would put him up a step above the Michael Gallup of Dak Prescott even. Yeah. I, I think uh, if Deontay misses a game, Claypool is an obvious start. I do think a lot of what Claypool did was because of Deontay being hurt. Which but is what we saw, yeah. We need to shout out the Steelers, though, because – they have drafted these wide receivers over the last decade and neither of them in the first round. None of them. Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Juju, Claypool, Martavis Bryant, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington. None of them in the first round. They've been the kings of Does identifying. James Washington belong in that list? <laughs> He's a hey, I'm just reading wide field receiver. I'm reading Mr. List. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know if James Washington's in that um, what a value uh, pick. But nonetheless, you're right. We do need to give Steelers credit there. Uh, Ebron, I, th- I mean, I think he's a drop. <laughs> like you could, this, if he couldn't do it this past week, get him off your yeah. team. Uh, he's a Bengals winner. versus the Colts. Uh, the Bengals, after it looked like Joe Burrow might be this, you know, rookie that can hang, basically shut out by the the Ravens and AJ Green. Done, 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 done. Yeah, uh, it's droppable. Let's get that out of the way. Yes, done, done, droppable. droppable There's nothing else to say. For sure. I would drop. I would drop him in yeah. maybe in even fourteen team. Wow. Like, yeah, he's not doing anything. Done. I can't believe he was drafted with Tyler Boyd this year. I still can't believe that happened. I can't he believe I made him one of my guys. I feel like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> You guys think Mixon. you have to have four, and I tossed him on there at the end of the last minute nominated. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a rookie mistake, man. And similar <laughs> to the ones that Joe Burrow makes when he throws it to him. Oh, uh, Mixon. <laughs> yeah, let's Mixon. talk about Mixon. That's what I want to talk about real quick. Yeah, let's hear it, Jared. Last week against the Ravens, had 24 carries against the Ravens. So this is a game where they're not winning, and he still had 24 carries. And he had eight targets and Who six was it against? The Ravens, isn't this what you're talking about when we were talking about Joe Mixon at the beginning of the year was, is he going to get targeted? Is he going to get catches? And the past two weeks, 
He's had six catches in both games the past two weeks, and he still had 24 carries this past week. The Does it matter if they can't get in the red zone? I, he it had definitely a matters. It definitely matters. It matters. I mean, the, the big thing that really made me happy was they were down big in the fourth quarter, and the coach was still feeding him the ball, and it wasn't mm-hmm. the Gio Bernard show. And that was what was so worrisome throughout the first couple weeks was Gio was getting so much playing time and so much third down work, and they've really just – targeted him eight targets I mean that's the fantasy gold you're looking for you, he showed you he can break plays against bad defenses and eventually they're mm-hmm. going to get goal line opportunities but if he's that involved you love that yeah yeah I agree and we got Jonathan Taylor on the other side of the ball 1.2 yards after contact right now through the season which is the opposite of what we thought he was going to be in the NFL. I mean, we saw him in Wisconsin bouncing off everybody, leaving guys in the dirt. And even though he was, I know me and Mike's one of our top guys in the beginning of the season, just because of that college talent and this Colts O-line, uh, I'm going to officially say I'm kind of off of it right now. Um, I, I, I Listen, listen. Okay. I think he could come through. I think the offense could get better. Phillip Rivers is not going to get in a younger all of a sudden. They, yeah, they could increase the volume, and that might create some more breakout runs. I'm, he's still a low-end RB1, maybe high-end RB2, but in terms of what we really wish he was going to be this year, I don't, I'm kind of off the wagon there. I'm with you. He was, I mean, he was my dud of the week last week, and you, you did it's good. mainly because what I saw from him was not this 20-plus carries a game and this electric looking back out of the backfield. Mike, you're shaking your head. I just think he's the most – he may not look great out there. He's just – he's by far the most talented running back in the running back room. And I think very importantly, the offense coordinator came out and said that was flat out the best game that he's played so far last week. And I think they're going to start to believe in him more and more and more. And you look at his postseason schedule, plays the Raiders and Texans in the week, weeks 14 and 15, and I will take that all day, all day. I just think he's going to get ramped up more and more and more in the second half of the year. I don't think you can sell him for proper value if you're an owner. And I wouldn't necessarily be – I mean, I would be trying to buy him. I think owners value him a lot, like very much so. But I'm not off him like you are, Noah. Yeah, that offense is just too stagnant. A uh, a matchup that has very – Serious implications on this show, not necessarily fantasy-wise, although there could be some very good games fantasy-wise. The Lions and the Jaguars. Probably top five picks, let's be honest. Showdown of Titans out here. Both these teams have one win Not Titans, big teams. LaVisca Chenault looked good last week. He looked good on the year. He had seven catches for 79 yards. He's a stud. He's going to go off against this horrid Lions secondary. I think a secondary that may be worse is the Jaguars' secondary. I think Kenny Dahl is in for a huge game. I think this is a good week for running backs because I think it's going to be a relatively close game and they're, they're going to be more involved in the game script. So I think this is a week where James Robinson has a very good game and inflates his value. And I think, I mean, Adrian Peterson, I guess, is the guy in Detroit for some reason. Can, can DeAndre Swift get the ball? It's like this is the week. If he if he's hit the ball, it would be this week. I think you could play Stafford. You could play Minshew. Definitely. Honestly, not not be scared that they're going to dud. Would you rather play Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan? 
Stafford. Stafford. For sure. Great. You're there welcome you again, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> this is just he supplemented in texting his friends and getting embarrassed by just asking us during the show. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's great multitasking. Two birds with one stone. Hey, Kieran, I love those questions in the show today. That was great thinking, man. Just getting us, getting those fans in, involved. Uh, anyways, yeah. yeah. I, I like everything you said. I think this, is, this could be a really big shootout here, I think. Yeah, Minshew had 49 pass attempts last week. Besides week one, he, they've been throwing the ball a ton, and every and there's a ton of targets. So uh, I think Minshew got to the not to digress here. We got to the three yard line, threw the ball, and we threw the ball four straight times. Colin, Colin Johnson, Colin Johnson did catch it on first first touchdown. But like you have James Robinson, who's supposed to be the workhorse. We're trying to get him more touches, and Jay Gruden doesn't give him the ball once. No, I don't get it. That was a weird possession for sure. Moving on, Bears and Panthers. Uh, It looks like – I mean, CMC's not practicing still. Mike Davis is like the RB1 since CMC went down. Uh, But this could be either this week or next week. It could be his last game as the full-time starter. Uh, His role coming back, this is something I have absolutely no idea how to put any input in on this because he's been so good they've been winning and if anything i think all this does is elevate cmc's value because now that they're winning there's actually a role for him to come back into whereas if they looked as bad as they did week one maybe they wouldn't have brought cmc back so soon but now cmc's coming back to a team that's winning ball games what do you guys think i have a question before we get into that are the panthers better without christian mccaffrey <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 mean, I think it makes them less predictable. One. I think it makes them less predictable. Like, yes, Mike Davis interesting a lot, but you don't I think know they can. I think they'll be able to figure it out. I think they've learned a lot without McCaffrey. Uh, but everyone's saying that everyone's saying it's crazy. Mike Davis is not going to have a role. CMC's going to come back in and just take over. And honestly, I don't think so. Like, why would they? Mike Davis looks like an RB. Like the starter on most teams. I think CMC is obviously still going to be like a top three, four guy, but I think his, his like unseen ceiling that we, we've just haven't seen that, you know, we every, always hear a combination of running back and receiver. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think he's going to be a great running back. That's what, you know, I think he's going to be a, great, but would you, rather have Zeke, would you rather have Zeke and Kamara? And then he's probably three when all fully healthy. Uh, I'd probably go, yeah, yeah, I think so. With Andy Dalton, I got to take, uh, I got to take Zeke because I feel like we'll get into Dak Zeke. Steals we'll get all to those that yeah, we'll touchdowns. get into that. <laughs> no, we'll get into that. But yeah, the main thing with this though is I feel like Teddy Bridgewater's fully set in, settled into the offense, and he looks like an amazing quarterback. I feel like you could start him any week. And uh, Robbie, I mean Robbie Anderson, come on, wide receiver one moving forward. What do we think? Yeah, absolutely. He just gets so targeted. Yeah, I think he's the wide receiver one on that team for sure. Yeah, here's a question I have, uh, and yeah. this is also kind of playing, taking a card out of Kieran's playbook here. Uh, what is DJ Moore's dynasty value? What are you doing with him if you own him in dynasty? Because he was such a big name. Everyone was so high on him last year and this year for a long-term play. But, I mean – he likes I you, uh, Robbie. I don't think you do anything with him right now. I don't think you do with anything right now. I don't think his value is as high as it'll be at any point. And I think, I don't think 
it can get, you know, a lot lower. He's so talented and he can make the deep threat. And you saw last week one play and you have a good fantasy day. If he strings that together a couple of times, I think he can get a lot more value. So I wouldn't be selling. But at the same time, you're not, you know, jumping up and down like you were before the season thinking you had the next yeah. best thing. It's tough. It's tough out here. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing about this matchup is just Allen Robinson is a target machine and we all should pour one out for him because it's just so hard to watch him play with these quarterbacks over and over and over again. But it's literally the same thing at the end of the day last year. Yeah. It's we've t- we said it every week. He's got the most, got the most targets in the NFL. He's always open. And when he's not open, he still makes the catch. He's, he's just a great wide receiver. I hope he gets his money. Uh, moving on a matchup that is not as exciting as some others, but I think will be a good matchup for fantasy is the Washington football team versus the Giants. Uh, Both these defenses are horrendous. And I think, you know, wide receivers are at play here. Devonta Freeman looked okay. I mean, the Washington front is pretty strong, so you'd have to be in pretty dire straits to play him. Uh, It looks like Kyle Allen will be back as the starting quarterback this week, which I think does help out both uh, Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Mike said last week Terry McLaurin is matchup proof, but we saw seven targets, three catches, and 26 yards. But I will give Mike a little bit of a free pass there. They had two different quarterbacks. They were playing, you know, against Aaron Donald, who is just, you know, coming downhill every play. So I don't know about that. What do you guys think about the options in this game? Yeah, just want to touch on one thing. Uh, Slayton, Noah predicted, would go off, and he had eight catches for 129 yards. Thank you. And thank a touchdown you. called back. And a thank, touchdown oh, well, no, thank you. Love to see it. <laughs> I think a name that not a lot of people know, J.D. McKissick, could, he's, he gets in half PPR leagues like six points a game, which in the running back market right now, if you're really dire, you could play him. And I think if Alex Smith plays, I think he's just going to be dumping it off to him. And he looks good when he gets the ball. He had like, what, six catches last week? Could be a name to keep an eye on. Yeah, that was I was gonna talk, I was gonna bring that up in terms of the only thing that scares me a little bit there was when Kyle Allen was in, Antonio Gibson had like five catches in the first two drives. And then the mm-hmm. second Alex Smith came in, it just became the McKissick show. It might be one of those things where they just started been on the second team together. They have that camaraderie. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be buying into JD McKissick. I would be buying more in Antonio Gibson. Uh, but I see what you're saying yeah. there for sure. There's still just so much volume for Antonio. Going forward, Broncos-Patriots, a game that was supposed to happen this past week and has been moved to this coming Sunday. So we have a lot of moving parts here. Drew Locke looking to return. We're not sure about Noah Fant. Looks like he's going he's gonna to play. And then Melvin Gordon's going to be out. We have Philip Lindsay coming back. Just a, too many moving pieces for the Broncos against the Patriots. And I'm really worried about anyone on the Broncos this week. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, are you starting – like Judy, Philip Lindsay, Lindsay. No, I'm not starting anyone. I love the Patriots defense this week with, with these moving parts. And then Cam, you're starting. And then uh, we've had a little bit of a clear picture in the backfield for the Patriots. I talked about James White earlier as a great PPR guy. And then Damian Harris. Uh, I think if he gets another one of these 17 carry, you know, 15 carry games with maybe, you know, zero or one target, ship him off because even, you know, 17 carries for a hundred yards last week, a hundred rushing yards. So good. 10 points. You know, it doesn't mean much if you're not being, you're not involved on the running and the passing game. So I think that's going to be a sell high if he does that again. 
And really, I don't think there's anything else to say uh, for this one. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see when they do get to the goal line. We obviously know Cam's a big factor, but if Damien Harris is a bigger back, if they lean more on him than they have. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a wait um, and see week, I think. For sure, without a doubt. A matchup that I guess has intrigue, and every time Adam Gase gets on the field, I mean, you want to see what he come, comes up with this year, this that week. So Jets and Dolphins, so a little bit of familiarity between those teams. We talked about Jameson Crowder. He's probably the only Jet that should be rostered. I'd be interested to see how P. Ryan and Gore do. I'm interested just to see if P. Ryan looks good. He should be getting more touches, but even if he looks good, it's the Jets. He, he's not. He doesn't have much upside. And then on the Dolphins side of the ball, Miles Gaskin looks really good. He's been getting more and more involved in the offense, and I think this could be a really big week for him. Devontae Parker could have another good week as well, but other than that, there's not much in the way of, of you know, real startable players in this matchup. The Dolphins' defense, though, could be a very good play this week. Interesting. Yeah, I agree. I do want to say I think it's been just pushed under the rug for far too long that Ryan Fitzpatrick has been a really good fantasy quarterback for like a year now and it's not even like fluky at this point he's actually just really good at scoring fantasy points he runs the ball he dives head first he yells and screams and he throws touchdowns that's all he does you know it's like he is a valuable fantasy player a great dfs play as you'll hear later in the show so i i just think if you're in a pinch and you're starting one of these guys like matt ryan or whatever and you're just pissed off you know, mm-hmm. throw Ryan Fitzpatrick in your lineup, root for something that'll give you a big <laughs> smile on your face and a ton of fantasy points. Who would have had being benched or not having been benched and Jimmy Garoppolo would be benched? That's Who would have expected? Yeah, I know. yeah we'll get into that shortly, yeah. All right, Packers and Bucks. This, honestly, is probably the best matchup of the week. I love just it. in terms of Rodgers versus Brady. Uh, a little injury news, Devontae Adams, a full participant. Leonard Fournette was active last game. I'll probably be back this game, so that takes a little bit away from Rojo. And uh, Mike Evans did not practice at practice, even though the game was on Thursday last week. So that's something to keep an eye on. And so one thing with the Bucks that I like is Cameron Braid. With O.J. Howard out, if Mike Evans doesn't play, Mike Evans has scored a touchdown in every game this week, and most of them on one-yard fades. Cameron Braid is a great red zone target. So if Mike Evans isn't playing, O.J. Howard's out, like I said. Cameron Bray, he, he had five catches last week. He's got, and he went to Harvard. And he went to Harvard, I think. just like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, Is this the Sunday night Harvard game? Has. This better be the Sunday night game, right? Mm, oh, it's it's not. Rams and 49ers, Sunday night football. Oh, God. NFL keeps screwing it up. Okay, talking about <laughs> the Rams and 49ers. I don't think we need to say more about the Packers and the Bucks. You know to start there. Um, the Rams backfield – continues its roller coaster ride. Daryl Henderson, 15 carries, Cam Akers, nine, Brown, eight. It's one of those things I don't – it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, what do you guys think? Is Henderson – do you just play Henderson and nobody else and hope that it's that week? Yeah, right now. That's what you're – he had two touchdowns, yeah. one in the air, one on the ground. So I mean, if, yeah. He did not look very good except for on his two touchdown plays, and that's, you know, the Rams offense has looked good throughout the year except for that one game against the Giants. Uh, both pass catchers, you know, fire them up. They're low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver yeah. twos. Um, and this 49ers team, wow. Noah, I got to give you props. This is yeah. looking kind of like a breakdown and a meltdown. I mean, what Thanks. are you? I understand there's all these injuries. What, what's going on? 
I, I mean, Garoppolo could only, you know, trick people with his looks for so long. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like a stumper because there's not that much changing. They had a lot of injuries last year throughout the season. They had, they figured it out. Uh, I think it's they. I think it's that it's the start of the season. Kittle, Debo, the running back room, uh, Garoppolo, just everybody. And they, I think they're gonna get better. I mean, the coaching is so good there. They they've literally designed a new offense like in a passing centric game, and. I think they're going to come back and be all right, but obviously not the same Super Bowl caliber team we saw last year. Um, McKinnon, I think, is kind of a buy low actually right now because, I mean, he had just nothing last week. And it just was a crazy game script. They were blown out right from the get-go. And I think if someone's, you know, I think McKinnon probably dropped in a few weeks this week. So I think they'll grab him. They're going to still, you know, be leaning on that two running back set. And uh, I'm worried about, I mean, Kittle, I'm worried about Debo. Uh, if the quarterback situation can't get can't get solid there, we'll see. Moving on, Chiefs, Bills. Ooh, baby, is this going to be a good one? Chiefs, Meek, Watkins could miss a week or two. You could start Meekle. Uh, this could be a high-scoring game because if you get a touchdown, I think that's a good call. Um, and then the Bills. I mean, last night just, like, crumbled. I mean, they started off the first two drives. I was like, Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the league. He, he had like three third and long, like first downs. He just, it was just, he was so comfortable. He uh, had an interception off of one of his guy's fingertips, which, and then he had his first real interception of the season later that game, but he has been phenomenal. Uh, I think he's just too stubborn and too Wyoming to, to let it hold him back. He's going to come out, put up, Chiefs are going to win this game, but they're going to put up a fight and uh, digs. Jeez, man. Another bull, you know, another bull prediction. Diggs, wide receiver, you know, one, top ten for Noah. Look at that. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, Diggs Another is, landing spot for Le'Veon, by the way. Yeah, and yeah. Diggs is on pace for over 160 targets this year. Last year he There's had like 94 There's like ten targets. guys. There's like ten it's guys who are going to break the record this year. Yeah, <laughs> he, had like 16, he had like yeah. 16 or 17 targets last week. So, I mean, you fire him up and you should be ecstatic at where you got to draft him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why was he drafted so late? It's so weird. I mean, Don't dude, play. you haven't seen a quarterback like Josh Allen turn his career just like on its. He was head. the number like, seven quarterback last no, year. No, it's not. But that's, that's it's not, not about his fantasy productive productivity. It's about the fact that he was airmailing people deep last year. His his completion yeah. percentage was like fifty three percent, and this year yeah. it's like sixty eight or sixty nine. He's taken this huge leap, and he's not only you know. Diggs was coming and maybe they're gonna throw throw it deep. They're using Diggs like an absolute wide receiver one everywhere on the field, short, medium, so, and long, and that's what I think surprised everyone. Literally, so he played in sixteen games last year, right? He threw for three thousand and eighty nine yards. He's already thrown for over half of that in five games. He's <laughs> made an incredible leap as a passer, and that's why I was concerned about Diggs because John Brown also hit the ball cold easily. You know, we got the whole. There's a lot of weapons there, but I mean, Diggs just as long as Josh Allen's slinging it. Stephon Diggs is going to be great. I think one thing that shouldn't go unnoticed real quick is Devin Singletary just, no pun intended, fumbled the bag in terms of having the opportunity to take this backfield with Zach Moss still being out. 11 carries, 25 yards. I get the game script was not in his favor. It was the Titans who have a good defense. But I just – Devin Singletary hasn't really taken control of that backfield yet. And 
it's probably could be, a, could be a spot for Le'Veon. It could be. Um, and to wrap up this week, we got the Cardinals versus the Cowboys. Yeehaw. You know, we touched on Kenyon Drake earlier. <laughs> scored finally on all those touches, although Chase Edmonds usually had been getting about a third of the snaps, spiked to 45% last week. Kenyon still got 67% of the snaps, so they had them in there a couple of times at the same time, which is an interesting look. Um, you know, I think it's, it's hard to really trust either of them. Chase Edmonds obviously got a, a touchdown last week, and if you played him, it was a great play. I, I, wouldn't bank on play. I wouldn't bank on him having that production every week. But like we mentioned, Kenyon Drake, it's just – it's hard to trust him right now. Very worried about him. Other side of the ball, for the Cowboys and all their weapons, I'm going to go through how I feel about them, and I want, you, I want to hear y'all's take. I think CeeDee Lamb could probably be the biggest beneficiary from Andy Dalton starting. He can't push the ball down the field quite as well as Dak, and I think CeeDee could be kind of a Tyler Boyd in terms of how he operates in the slot. Um, I think Gallup's ceiling is lowered significantly. I think Amari's ceiling might be lowered a little bit and that he won't be getting the ball downfield as much, although he's been operating underneath a lot this year. Um, and I think the biggest thing I'm looking out for is to see how – much Zeke is utilized in the passing game because he had a game where he had like 12 targets and Dak was extremely comfortable when they were operating from behind, just dumping it down to Zeke and get seven to 10 yards. If, if Andy Dalton doesn't do that, that may lower Zeke's ceiling as well, although they are going to rely on him heavily in the running game. See, uh, I'm not really worried about Zeke. I think I that think I, I want to see if you're in a PPR league, if, if he's as used in the passing game. And then I, I think Dalton Schultz gets lowered significantly because you know, I think he could potentially become a safety net for Andy Dalton, but I think Zeke and CD being there will probably take precedence over Dalton Schultz. So yeah, I think if you guys saw the end of the game, Andy Dalton looked good. I mean, he won this game for the Cowboys. Last drive of the game, they they needed to get the ball down. for It was tied. They needed to get the ball on the field. And Michael Gallup just made two incredible catches down the right, the right sideline. I mean, oh unbelievable catches. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't a bigger deal around the league. Uh, and, you know, perfect throws too. So, I mean, I feel like the gut feeling is take the third guy or the fourth guy, Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup, and throw him out. But Michael Gallup looked great with him. But, yeah, I think Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb become possession guys. And Andy Dalton, I mean, I think he could even be a low-end QB1. I mean, the, 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 the firepower in this offense is too big. There's too much. And he, and he was he – was High-end QB2 back in the day when he was with a, with a far inferior offense. I think he steps yeah. in. Armari Cooper, C. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Zeke, Schultz. He'll, he'll be rostered on every team by the end of the season. Just watch and see. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be but surprised. I, I, yeah. All right. Again, if you're just with us, I don't know how that would be possible, but this is Dudes Football. You can <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Dudes Football. Last week, due to the week, I hit it with Darius Slayton, David Johnson. Had the yardage, just couldn't find the end zone. DK Metcalf was not a good dude. But Jared, with his, uh, said, quote, top scorer of the week, which he did Fifth. good. He was Fifth. Fifth. Yeah, did did good. Fifth. And mm-hmm. then another baffler for dude of the week, Justin Jefferson, against the worst passing defense in the league. Don't know how that one happened either, Kieran. <laughs> Doubt of the week, I had Miles Sanders, who had an incredible week. Bad. Mark Andrews, two touchdowns, a great week. He's the number two tight end in the season. <laughs> Bad. JT, Jonathan Taylor, that's a good one. And Kieran's double-doubles, Devin Singletary and Joe Burrow, two excellent duds. 
Great job, boys. And to be fair, in your to be fair in your favor, Noah, Miles Sanders had a 75-yard touchdown run, and he had I think 11 other carries for four yards combined. So if he didn't have that huge, yeah, if he, if he and he had another touchdown. So it's like, I, I the, the the thought process was there. Uh, just yeah, they just break, take so. a 75 yards and a touchdown off him, and he's terrible. It's amazing. Exactly. And then I'm great. It's <laughs> fantastic. So let's it's get into this thought process. No, no, I, I you're right. You're right. You know, you get but thought process was there. Let's get into this week. My dude of the week. I've been talking to him. I've been talking to him. I wish I could talk to him. I've been talking about him all episode. James White. Denver is going to be just a boring game. I'm sorry, everybody. Dink, dunk. James White says, thank you. I'm going to scamper in, scamper over there. He's going to get, I'm going to say two touchdowns this week. One of the, um, maybe both of the air. We'll see. But I love him this week. Yeah, I'll go next. I got Cole Beasley. I'm kind of banking on John Brown still being hurt and this Bills Chiefs game being high scoring. Cole Beasley. Yeah, I'll jump in and I'm giving my man Justin Jefferson a second chance. <laughs> I just don't get how that happened. Uh, had Alexander Madison in, got vetoed. So I'm jumping back with Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I think he's just so talented. It was something like he his average – uh, yards per catch was like 25 or something coming into last week he just didn't get the deep shots they weren't taking him for some reason against the Seattle secondary and even if they were it was to Adam Thielen and guess what you're wrapped up and get another Christmas present you're playing Atlanta Falcons defense so I just don't see how you can play the two worst secondaries in football and have two horrible back-to-back games so fire him up you know he's going to be one of those guys if we if we learned anything from Brandon Cooks uh, just get him the next week and he's going to be amazing <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for <laughs> I'm picking probably potentially borderline dude but when I looked at wide receiver rankings Kenny Galladay was 23rd I think is a game he needs to be much higher it's Kenny Galladay I'm oh, saying yes. Kenny Galladay finds the end zone twice two times okay. oh that's pretty okay. see wait before we move on I had Marvin Jones in my DFS lineup earlier because he's going to have his three touchdown 107 yard week one of these weeks <laughs> And I'm going to just put out a flyer. I think it could be this week. Obviously, Kenny G's, you know, going to do great. They could both have a good game. But Marvin Jones is going to show up hot. Could be this week. Dud? Ready for the duds? duds? Oh, yeah, I, my bad. I got Gurley. I, got... I hate <laughs> Todd Gurley so much. I, yeah, I, think, we're, I think we're hating him too much. I think we, we probably to... are. But I think he's bad. So, I'm going with it. <laughs> I mean, a lot of yards this week. Uh, I, I'm going with DJ Moore. The targets aren't there. Uh, I'm worried about him. I, I try, I'm trying to sell him in a few places. It's not working out. DJ Moore, good. Robert Woods for me. It's going to be one of the two Rams receivers. Ooh. Robert Woods. So hopefully I'm wrong. That's that brave, man. I saw you typing that in, and it brought a frown to my face. Mm. I love Robert Woods. He's got <laughs> a spot Robert in my Woods. heart. Um, mine are going to be a combination, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, whoever plays that's given the, um, DUI situation that we touched on a little earlier. So if Lindsay is the starter, I think he'll be a bust. And if Melvin starts, I think he'll be a bust. Um, not excited about that offense and really excited about the defense. All right, let's get into, uh, jamming or our DFS. We had so many with the Patriots and blah, blah, blah last week. We decided to scrap the entire week, but before we do that, let me just say Kieran's team was phenomenal. He probably would have won some money if he had put it down. It was like 
it was like Kyler and Hopkins and even uh, what Gerald Sanders. Everett. Crazy. <laughs> uh, props to you, Kieran. Yeah, keep, keep them coming. But anyways, here's here's the uh, winning lineup for the uh, a team that's struggling, uh, and it's Stafford, David Montgomery, James White, Hollywood Brown, Lavisca Chenault Jr., Adam Thielen, Jonu Smith, Jamison Crowder, and the Titans defense. Where did you put all your money? I don't get it. <laughs> Those players costed that much. Uh, Adam Thielen, seventy-three hundred. Hollywood Brown, sixty-five hundred. Jamison Crowder, sixty-one hundred. Hollywood. Brown's... Oh, I forgot. Jamison Crowder's like good now. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. True. Well, I feel Hollywood like he's still at a value. Hollywood yeah, Brown's yeah, expensive. Definitely. Yeah. Hollywood more money than Kenny Galladay. That's a. That's not right. So for me, the leader by three games. So I could go zero and three. The guy in second could go three zero, and I'd still be in the lead. Not to brag. Tannehill, Mike Davis. Always you'd, you'd be tied, but, lineup. Yeah, but yeah. If you don't put Mike Davis in your lineup, you're not doing this right. David Montgomery, Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, double stack the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, Evan Ingram, Frank Gore. He's probably going to find the end zone somehow. And the double. <laughs> Did you run out of money there, kid? Stacking. I love that double stack of the Vikings. I'll go Let's next. Uh, quarterback, I told you it was coming. Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic. Running back, Mike Davis. Running back, Alexander Madison. Wide receiver, Calvin Ridley. Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown. Um, Austin Hooper at tight end. He had something like 10 targets last week. And then I had to give up somewhere with all these big names. And I got Demir Bird coming in my flex. He's had, he's had between six and eight hey. catches two out of the last three weeks. So this is a PPR scoring format. So give me eight catches and I'll do just fine with the Bengals defense coming in last. All right, I got Stafford, Aaron Jones, Mike Davis, Kenny Galladay, Fulgham, a little sleeper, Preston Williams this week, Woo. Cameron Bray, A-Rob, and Washington football team. You guys got to learn how to conserve your money. I mean, if you, if you play like that, it's just going to be all gone before you know it. Why are you trying to teach from the bottom of the standings, bro? And uh, that's another great show this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been Guys Being Dudes Fantasy Football. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Dudes Football. We're available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and in your hearts. Much love. Bye bye. What's better than this? Guys Being Dudes. <laughs>